1: The holiday season is a time to reflect on the last year and think about all the good things. And here at Ask Me Another, we have no shortage of good news because you, dear listeners, send it to us all the time. We have emails from you, social media messages, and even the occasional piece of snail mail. And to help me sift through it all, I have one of our show's producers with me. Hi, Kiara. Hey, Ophira. So do you have any great listener love notes you would like to share from this
2: year? Do I have any love notes? I have too many, but I'll only tell you a couple. Okay. Okay. Here's an email from a listener named Adrian, who says, Listening to Ask Me Another at the cottage, and the 14-year-old says, The best part of this is hearing mom get all the answers and dad try to keep up. I will be putting this on a (laughs) t-shirt. I love that. Sad dad. (laughs) And this one that a listener named Stephanie tweeted is really sweet. If you want to bring happiness to your soul, you must listen to this week's Ask Me Another. I cried so hard while driving. It was quite dangerous, actually, so don't do that. But do listen. That's right. A suggestion, a compliment,
1: and a warning. What more could anyone want? So true. Do you have any others?
2: I've got one last one, and it's a little bit surprising. Okay. It's from a new fan named Peter, and uh-huh. he's here to humble us. He says, Ask me another. I'm sorry I thought you were a discount wait-wait. I see your value now, and I'm a zealous listener.
1: Wow. I can't believe Peter Segel wrote that to us. <laughs> But that's why we do it. Seriously, with each episode of Ask Me Another, you know what we're doing? We're building laughter, curiosity, and knowledge thanks to you. Help us continue this work next year by visiting donate.npr.org ama to support your local station. And thank you. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, Ophira. So today's show is inspired by a Christmas carol. So plot, summary, speed round. Okay. Name the story's Christmas-hating antihero.
3: That's Ebenezer Scrooge.
1: Yes, of course. Name the four apparitions who visit Scrooge.
3: Well, there's the ghost of Jacob Marley and the spirits of Christmas past, present, and future.
1: Exactly. And what is the moral of the story?
3: It takes way too many ghosts to redeem an old white man. (laughs) From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. It's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. Today's show is packed. Four brilliant contestants are backstage doing eggnog shots but only one will be our big winner. And our special guest is Anthony Ramos. He was in Hamilton's original Broadway cast. Now he stars in She's Gotta Have It on Netflix. And this is our holiday show. We're calling it A Quizmas Carol. As a good Jewish woman, I gotta say, I love Christmas. Uh, And the Jews have contributed quite a lot to Christmas, uh, All the great songs were written by Jews, I'll Be Home for Christmas, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, even Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But as a community, I think our greatest contribution to Christmas is, of course, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Now to handle the judging and scorekeeping today, may I introduce to you our puzzle guru, Ebenezer Scrooge.
4: (laughs) Happy holidays. Bye! Humbug, Ophira! Come on, you don't mean that, I'm sure. Yes, I do. The holidays are a waste of time. I'll tell you what I do like. Dank offices that don't use any coal, avoiding social contact, and forcing people to work on Christmas.
3: You are going to love working in public radio.
4: (laughs) Okay, Scrooge, uh, we're going to get you into the holiday
1: spirit. We're taking a page from Charles Dickens and playing games inspired by the past, present, and and future. So let's meet our first two contestants. First up, Danielle Kryzinga on buzzer number one. You work in business strategy for a global creative firm. Welcome.
2: Thanks. Great to be here. Danielle, you celebrate two
1: Christmases every year. Why is that?
2: Yes, um, I'm half Armenian. And so the Armenian church follows the Gregorian calendar. So we celebrate on January 7th and because it's America, we celebrate December 25th, too. Uh, so, so that's pretty fun. Are the celebrations very different? No, totally the same. Uh, but <laughs> I feel like we're more relaxed. My parents like give me a book, and they're like, oh, Happy second Christmas.
4: <laughs> that sounds like Hanukkah. Twice the Christmas, that's a nightmare. <laughs> Your opponent
1: is Emma Griffin on buzzer number two. You work in product development for a relationship science technology company. Welcome. Thanks, Ophira. Uh, Emma, you like to throw holiday parties that are, uh, as you say, difficult to dress for. What does that mean?
2: I'm Catholic, and a couple of homilies one year were all about how it was the Advent season, actually, until the 25th and then the Christmas season. So I decided to throw an Advent party rather than a Christmas party and asked people to dress as an item from an Advent calendar. Um, oh. No one was really able to execute on that. Uh, I'm not really sure even what, I, what ideas I had in mind myself. What,
1: um, did you, what did you dress as? I just went with purple because that's the color of Advent, so it was a little bit of a cop-out, but I was the host, so I figured I was allowed. You could do whatever you wanted. Yeah. yeah, good idea. So Danielle and Emma, the first of you who wins two games will go on to our holiday party at the end of the show. This is a Quizmas Carol, so your first quiz is from the past. Charles Dickens is one of the best-known novelists of the Victorian era, but he's not the only good thing that came out of that time. We are going to describe inventions from the 1800s, ring in, and tell us what they are. Here we go. Remember sitting for hours, even days, to get your portrait painted? Now, Louis Daguerre can create an image of you in mere minutes using harmless mercury fumes. Danielle. The photograph? The photograph, that's right, (laughs) exactly. Just think, back then, selfie sticks were made of asbestos. (laughs)
3: 1876 is the year when the revolution starts, a revolution in skating. Frozen ponds are inconsistent, far away, and dangerous. We changed everything with the Glaciarium. Emma.
2: An indoor ice skating rink?
3: Yes, that is correct.
1: <laughs> Tired of people complaining about your handwriting? Christopher Latham Scholl saves the day with his new correspondence writing machine. Emma. A typewriter? That is correct, Yes.
3: This is your last clue. Presenting a holiday communications medium like no other. Thanks to Sir Henry Cole, you can mail this festive illustrated greeting to all your friends and acquaintances. Just sign your name. Danielle. Postcard? Uh, I, We can't take postcard, no. Emma, do you know the answer? Greeting card? Good, more specific than that. A Hallmark card? Mm, less specific than that. <laughs> A Christmas screen card? (laughs) Christmas card is correct. (laughs) Ebenezer Scrooge, Puzzle Guru,
4: how did our contestants do? Well, they both did great, but the winner of that round was Emma.
1: From turducken to frankincense, myrrh to joy, there are a lot of weird holiday words. You'll learn more about them in our next game. <laughs> but before we move on, this is a Quizmas carol, and I've got news for Puzzle Guru Ebenezer Scrooge. Ugh, what? Tonight, you will be haunted by three spirits. Uh, so expect the first spirit when the bell tolls one. Ah, here she is. Wow. Please welcome our ghost of Quizmas past and guest expert at the same time, from Merriam Webster, it's lexicographer Corey Stamper. Hey, everybody. Corey, I'm sure you get asked this quite a lot, but you get, you know, because you get to decide what new words are part of our dictionary, do you get drunk on your power?
5: Well, you know, I would accept. Any power that you think you have is never going to be enough power for any person who writes into the dictionary and asks you to do things like take the word floor out of the English language. What's wrong with floor? Floor is just an upside-down ceiling that we walk on. (laughs) Scrooge, do you have any questions?
4: Uh, What's a good word for being annoyed by everybody who's constantly happy?
5: So we could go from the negative angle or the positive angle. Which would you like?
4: I always prefer the negative angle.
5: Okay. So one who does not like other people having fun. There are a whole bunch of words for that. There's grinch. There's grouch. Mm -hmm. All these start with grr. If you really want to impress someone you can say that you are full of schadenfreude. Schadenfreude is the joy that you feel at other people's pain. Ah,
4: smug and mean. I love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Corey is here as our guest expert for a game about holiday words. Here's your first one, contestants. Etymologists believe the first part of the word mistletoe comes from a Germanic root word, meaning what? A, kissing, B, Poison. C, pooping. Emma. Poison. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Danielle, can you steal? The first one? Kissing? Yes. Hmm. You
5: both avoided the actual answer. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is C, pooping. Please explain, Corey. So the first part of the word mistletoe is missile, which comes from this Germanic root word that means the act of passing waste through the body or excrement and they think that the word pooping is involved because mistletoe seeds are spread through bird droppings. So just think of that the next time you're kissing underneath of one. Nice. (laughs) According to Merriam-Webster, give us the most common
1: English spelling of the word Hanukkah. Emma.
2: H A N U K. K A H. That is correct!
5: <laughs> wow. Corey, why can't we all agree on the spelling of Hanukkah? So, Hanukkah came into English from Hebrew, which uses a different alphabet. This is really a transliteration issue. The very first letter of the word Hanukkah in Hebrew is het. And we do not have a letter that corresponds with that sound in English. In fact, we don't even have that sound in the English language. And then the second problem is that the K in the middle of Hanukkah is actually represented by too many English letters. So you could say C or K with that. So the end result is that in like the 400 or so years that Hanukkah has been in English, we have 27 different recorded spellings for the word Hanukkah. (laughs)
1: It's almost as many nights as the miracle exactly, lasted. Right. Deck the hall with boughs of holly. What did bow originally mean 1,000 years ago? Did it mean A, shoulder or arm, B, an unbreakable chain, or C, a large quantity of something? Emma. Uh, shoulder or arm. That is correct.
5: <laughs> yes. So, Corey, why does bow refer to a uh, body part? So that was its earliest meaning in English over a thousand years ago. So you would see references to things like a bow of wild boar. But the other thing that's very interesting is the Anglo-Saxons were a very imaginative people. And so they applied the idea of arms to branches of trees. Same thing happened with the word limb, but we kept both those meanings. So a limb can be, you know, a shoulder, an arm, a leg, or also a branch of a tree
1: makes perfect sense. This is your last clue. The day after Christmas is, of course, Boxing Day. What does that refer to? A, throwing away old Christmas present boxes, B, a traditional annual boxing match, or C, boxes to collect donations for the poor. Emma.
2: The donations.
5: That is correct. Yes. So Boxing Day started in the sixteen hundreds. What would happen is churches would set out collection boxes. Everyone gave a donation to support the poor. Nowadays we do not do the collection boxes. Sometimes people will give boxes to like service workers, their postal workers. Mostly now people go shopping. That's right. Yeah. Puzzle guru Ebenezer Scrooge, how yes. did our
4: contestants do? Emma will be headed to the final round.
1: Corey, an absolute pleasure being able to uh, tap into your brain. Corey Stamper is a lexicographer with Merriam-Webster. Her book is called Word by Word, The Secret Life of Dictionaries. Corey Stamper, everybody. Thanks so much. Coming up, we'll give gifts to famous duos, and we'll talk to Anthony Ramos, former star of Hamilton on Broadway. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
0: Visit tinydeskcontest.npr.org to learn more. Then check out the Venture X card from presenting sponsor Capital One. Earn unlimited 2x miles on everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See capitalone.com for details. This is Ask Me Another,
3: NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru Ebenezer Scrooge. Why, hello. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. Today, it's an Ask Me Another Quizmas carol. We're playing games about the past, present, and future to convince puzzle guru Ebenezer Scrooge to embrace the holiday spirit. Bah! Bah! Humbug. Okay. Ebenezer, before the break, we played games about the past. Did that not defrost your heart at
4: all? Well, no, not yet, fear. Frankly, I expected the visit from the past to be more emotionally traumatic. But since you're not actually discussing my past, it's sort of a fun breeze. <laughs>
1: That means it's time to welcome the ghost of Quizmas present, who also happens to be our special guest. He was part of the original cast of Hamilton. Now he stars in Spike Lee's Netflix series. She's got to have it. Please welcome Anthony Ramos. What's up? Anthony, thank you so much for joining us.
6: Thanks for having me. Welcome
1: to Ask Me Another. So you originated the roles of John Lawrence and Alexander Hamilton's son, Philip, in the musical Hamilton. I did. I did. You you were one of the youngest main cast members.
6: I was the youngest. The youngest. Yeah.
1: So were you mentored by the other cast members?
6: (laughs) I don't know if I was mentored, but... I guess I was just kind of like, yo, my man, don't do that. Like, it was more <laughs> like that. It was like, <laughs> you know, pay attention when they're trying to teach you music, like that kind of stuff.
1: Right, know? right. So they were more like, go in line. They were telling yeah, you.
6: Yeah, yeah. It was more like pushing, if <laughs> if you will. Like, the
1: gentle, loving push. Yeah, right, right, right. And then, of course, you left Hamilton to move on to other projects. I have, did. have you been back to see how new cast members are in doing your roles?
6: Yeah. I, um, I actually went to the show a month after because uh, my girlfriend who was in the show is not, no longer in the show as well. But her last show was um, a month after mine. So I went back to see her. Mm-hmm. And then I went back again because she had never seen the show. So I was like, yo, you got to see this show. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so like we went back <laughs> and, uh, and we watched it and it was it was dope. So, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually never even thought of that experience. Of course, you're doing it all the time. You have no idea what the experience is of watching yeah. it. And your backstage probably changing. Yeah, or, or backstage,
6: we're just trying not to die. <laughs> um, that's, that's all.
1: <laughs> yeah, your character dies a lot. My character dies <laughs> a lot.
6: Yeah, I died like 16 <laughs> times a week, so it gets hard on your heart both after a while. Yeah.
1: So now you star in She's Gotta Have It, the reboot of the 1986 movie. And you play Spike Lee's character that he played in that movie, Mars Blackman. A goofy, lighthearted, sneaker enthusiast, uh, bike messenger, who is one of the trio of love interests. Right. So did you study Spike Lee's mannerisms?
6: No, I actually didn't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Spike. (laughs) Because I did not study his mannerisms at all. Um, I didn't watch the film before, really? like we started shooting. Spike gave me the DVD, and I still didn't watch it. So we'd just be on set, and he would just, I just kind of do my thing, and he'd be cracking up, and I'd just be like, "All right, I guess, I guess I'm doing all right." So, I, <laughs> did he give you a lot of direction? Yeah, and stand there and walk there. <laughs> and then, like you know, I do something, and be like, "Do that again! Do that again!" Um, very short story Uh, my first day on set I'm doing a stunt for anyone who's seen the show I have this intro where I'm coming down this steep hill in Brooklyn and I crash into the camera so like I for real went down that hill like full speed and for real crashed into that camera and we did 13 takes of that that was my first day and I was like God bless welcome to film and television and then Spike is like eh pedal all the way down I'm like, Spike, I can't pedal all the way down. He's like, come on. I'm like, all right, I bet. I'm going to die. It's fine. <laughs> so, boom, I'm pedaling all the way down, hitting the back brake. Bike is not stopping. And I said, and I just oh. start saying, thank you, God, for my life. I thank you for everything you've given me. <laughs> I hit the front brake. And, yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, And the bike comes up. And thank God, I don't know, I channeled some, like, Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. Oh. in this jumped off the bike, landed on my feet, and the bike skid underneath me and kind of went, like, like a few feet behind me. And it was, like, a little bit bent. And the next thing you know, Spike walks up to me. He's like, Ant, don't pedal all the way down. <laughs> I'm like, my man. Uh. That's what I've been trying to tell you this whole time. You are from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Hamilton
1: and She's Gotta Have It are both set in New York. Yeah. So what movies... Or even albums were you really into about New York growing up?
6: Oh wow, about New York. I mean, well, movies. I mean, I, I loved uh, the Home Alone joint. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, do, do the right thing. You know, was was crazy. Um, you know, I just like movies that embody the authenticity. Uh, of New York, you know, things, you know, movies that I watch and growing up in New York, I'm like, damn, I feel like I'm there. Yeah. Or, or, you know, like I heard stories about that and I'm watching this on a film. So what what was wild is I was talking to my, I was, you know, my girl and I were watching, watching She's Gotta Have It. And I was like, is it weird that I like my own show? Is it weird? <laughs> and she was like, nah, I'm glad you like it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like got emotional at the opening credits of She's Gotta Have It on the first episode, watching Fort Greene and seeing all of those old pictures. And, and I was like, I'm proud to be from Brooklyn. I'm proud to be from New York. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Very cool. So, this is, our, uh, this is our holiday show. Oh, yeah. Here we uh, go. Are, are you into the holidays? I love the holidays. Okay. I just
6: got, just got that Christmas tree today, girl. You did? Hell yeah. All right. Walking on, what was it? I think it was DeKalb Avenue <laughs> like this with the tree on the back. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Let me ask you this, Anthony. Are you ready to play an Ask Me Another Challenge? I'm ready. Okay, great. Anthony oh. Ramos, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> just got real. We've, we've brought back on our puzzle guru, Ebenezer Scrooge. Greetings. Your game is about our Christmas music playlist. Uh, It's simple. We're going to play you a song. You just have to tell us what band recorded it. If you do well enough, listener Robin Chattapati from Roseville, Minnesota, is going to
6: win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. All right, Robin. I'm going to try and do this for you. All right.
1: And if you need a hint, our puzzle guru, Ebenezer Scrooge, will help you out. All right. Okay. So here you go. What boy band recorded this song, Christmas Time? (laughs) <laughs> listeners cannot see his face but it is a
4: mixture of uh, Yo, I think Scrooge. bewilderness help your boy <laughs> help your boy Scrooge uh, boy band late 90s Nick Carter's a member of this
6: band oh Backstreet Boys? yeah yeah yeah, yeah that is I don't know why did it sound like a Backstreet Boys record cause it's Christmas yeah <laughs> I guess
1: I guess <laughs> yep what girl group recorded this song, Eight Days of Christmas? Doesn't it feel like Christmas? It feels Destiny's Child, baby! Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> what girl group's recording of Slay Ride ends with this nonsense? I guess they couldn't auto-tune that part. They didn't that finish part. that record. <laughs> <laughs> that record got leaked.
3: God bless.
6: <laughs>
4: uh, you're, I got I a hint for you. Okay. Uh, girl power?
6: Uh, British girl power? What, Spice Girls? Yeah. Oh, snap. <laughs> wow. Spice Girls record got leaked. <laughs> uh,
1: hey, don't wait a second. You li- have liked the Spice Girls in your
6: past. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, there was this kid in first grade and he was collecting Spice Girls stickers <laughs> and he had them all over his notebook and he thought he was the coolest and I was like, you know what, bro? I'm going to collect more Spice Girls stickers than, this, <laughs> than you. So I made it a mission. I didn't beat him out because he just kept, he kept going, and, going and, I, and eventually I grew out of the phase but I did collect a lot. <laughs> How many stickers, roughly, were in your collection? Yo, I had, to, I had over hundreds, hundreds, all hundreds. over, front and back. It was like I was styling and profiling. I would walk <laughs> with the book, just walking to class, swinging my arm, making sure everybody saw I'm like, stopping in the hallway, making sure people saw
1: You know what I'm saying? There's nothing better I like than competitive sticker collecting. <laughs> that speaks to my heart. Yeah. Okay, what group recorded the song...
4: This Christmas. Oh man. This is uh, a tough one. Uh, This band was formed by Sean Diddy Combs in making the band. What's this, Day 26? That's right.
6: Yeah. Day 26, baby! Yo, I love Day 26. You got me going. You know that one? You got me no, going. No. No. Oh.
1: I stopped right. at day 25. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your last clue. What boy band recorded this song? Oh, in sync all the way, baby. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Now a classic.
4: All right, Puzzle Guru Ebenezer Scrooge, yes. how did our special guest do? Well, Anthony, you and listener Robin Chattapati, both won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Yeah. yeah! She's Gotta Have It is available on
1: Netflix. Give it up for Anthony Ramos, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook or Twitter. Our next two contestants will play a game about the present, by which we mean darkness, anxiety, and conspicuous (laughs) consumption. Let's meet them. First up, Charlie Cohen on buzzer number one. You work in customer experience at a trendy eyewear store. Welcome. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Charlie, you are Jewish, but your fiance is Catholic. So how are you celebrating the holidays?
7: Uh, The Catholic way. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay. How would no you, debate. How would you like to celebrate the holidays?
7: I really miss Jewish Christmas, going to a movie, and eating Chinese food. Um, I haven't gotten to do it for the last five years, um, and probably never again. <laughs> That's love, my friend. Yeah. Your opponent is Dylan Sorensen on buzzer number
1: two. You're a musician. Welcome.
8: Thank you. Happy holidays. Happy
1: holidays. Uh, Dylan, tell us about a couple holiday traditions that you uh, do in your family.
8: Uh, Well, uh, my favorite tradition every year is uh, we try to remember what room we put the Christmas tree in. (laughs) Now, You mean you
1: you forget? Your house is that big?
8: No, just no one wants to look at the picture.
1: Oh, from last year? From the previous year,
8: yeah. Um, So, you know, it's always factions and we could look it up, but why miss a good argument?
1: (laughs) So your family argue over the placement of the tree... Yes. And, and anything else? Uh,
8: uh, my family always makes me watch uh, White Christmas, which is my least favorite movie. And I can't tell if they like it so much because I hate it or I hate it because they like it so much. It's Being true. miserable on
4: Christmas is right up my alley. <laughs>
1: Okay, remember, Charlie and Dylan, the first of you who wins two of our games, will go on to our holiday party at the end of the show. So your game is about the present, or rather, presents. It's called Gift Exchange. We're going to tell you what gifts two famous fictional characters might give each other. You just ring in and identify the duo.
3: Here is the twist. If you answer correctly, instead of earning a point, you get to open any one of those wrapped presents we've placed on stage. That's very exciting. And just like during the holidays, the winner of this game won't be the contestant with the most gifts, but the contestant with the best gift.
1: (laughs) And by best gift, we mean, of course, the gift that's worth the most money. So try to open as many as you can. Here we go. What two characters would exchange these gifts? For her, a diamond necklace called the heart of the ocean. For him, a spot in a lifeboat.
7: Charlie. Uh, The two characters from Titanic Kate and Leo That's the actors names Can you give us a character name please Uh, Jack is the guy And the girl um, uh, Kate Winslet
1: Dylan can you steal
8: Uh, Jack and Rose
1: That is correct Wow All right, Dylan, choose a gift and open it up.
8: Uh, I'm going to go with this one. All right, open Uh, it up. What do you got? Okay. Uh, Oh, it's it's a a box of coconut flavored LaCroix water. Yeah. Yeah. Ah.
4: (laughs) Tis the
3: season.
1: Coconut being the most divisive flavor
4: they make polarizing. (laughs) That wasn't a pun, I just
3: was agreeing. (laughs) For her, some nice shoes and an attache case for her FBI files. For him, some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Dylan. Uh, It's
8: uh, (laughs) it's the guy who eats people. Uh, Uh, I I see how this uh, game is going to go. Can you be more Uh, specific? It's Hannibal Lecter. (laughs) Yes. And uh, Jodie Foster. Oh, boy. Um, this is like an O.
3: Henry story. <laughs> I need you guys
1: to start focusing on the female characters' names.
8: Uh, June
7: sounds like all
3: a good right, FBI all name. All right, that's yeah. good. Charlie, can you steal
7: Hannibal Lecter and Clarice? <sighs> yes, that's correct. Uh, so, Charlie, go ahead and open a present. I did. It's a small, kind of a b-
1: book-looking one, but what is it?
7: Flashdance on DVD. Oh. Oh.
3: She's a maniac. <laughs> Spoiler alert, she's a maniac.
1: For him, a cigar box to store his paperclip collection for him a soap dish to hold his rubber ducky. For both of them a copy of the Supreme Court's Decision in Obergefell versus Hodges. Charlie. Burton Ernie. That is correct. Yes. Okay. Open a gift.
7: I'm going to steal this red bag. Yeah. Red bag. Mm-hmm. Oh. Pass the tissue paper.
1: What is it? Socks. Yes! Socks.
7: I hope I can keep
3: these, because I need them.
1: I like that you're already like, I really need socks. I really Uh... do.
3: This is your last clue. Is this a present I see before me? For him, the Scottish crown. For her, spot remover. Charlie. Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. You got it. Last gift.
7: Pokemon Mad Libs.
1: Oh. Oh.
7: I verb you, Pikachu. Pikachu.
1: All right, Puzzle Guru, Ebenezer Scrooge, yes. who ended the game with the most expensive gift?
4: Dylan's Seltzer is an astounding 369. Whoa. But Charlie broke the bank with those socks, which are $9.29. Whoa! Uh, for my historical perspective, that's an insane amount to pay for socks. <laughs> that's Bob Cratchit's annual salary. <laughs>
1: If you want to keep the Quizmas spirit alive or make the eight nights of puzzle last all year long, come be a contestant on our show. Go to amatickets.org. Coming up, it's trivia from the future. And only I know the identity of our mystery guest. Who will figure it out first, Jonathan or Scrooge? God guess us, everyone. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and
9: this is Ask Me Another from NPR. <laughs>
0: There are lots of reasons for wanting to be healthy, family, work, living a fuller life. TeleDoc Health understands. Whether you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or just need to manage your weight, TeleDoc Health can help. Visit TeladocHealth.com slash What's Your Why for more information. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C Health slash What's Your Why.
9: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell and show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR.
3: This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Golden, here with puzzle guru Ebenezer Scrooge. Hello. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. Today it's an Ask Me Another Quizmas Carol. We're trying to warm the heart of puzzle guru Ebenezer Scrooge with trivia games about the past, present, and future. So Scrooge... How's it going with embracing the Quizmas spirit? Well,
4: I don't know, Ophir. If everyone's going to keep being so perky and smart, I'm going to have to embrace some kind of spirits to get through the rest of this show.
1: Ooh, yes. Our next game is actually a music parody game from the future. Listeners, you're hearing it in your present, but it was recorded in the past, which is my future. Charlie, you won the last game, so you win this, and you're in the final round. Dylan, you need to win this, or you're going to wake up and discover it was all a dream, and you still have time to change your life. (laughs) Jonathan Colton, take it away.
3: We took songs with a futuristic or sci-fi theme and rewrote them to be about TV shows that are at least partially set in the future. So ring in to name the show I'm singing about, and if you get that right, for a bonus point, you can tell me the name of the song or the artist that I'm parodying. Here we go. Mike or Joel to Crow and Tom Jonah Ray to Crow and Tom It's the Mads with a B-movie on the com. Roll Call, Gypsy, Cam, Bot, Crow and Tom A cinematic bomb All those flashing lights mean we've got movie signs.
7: Charlie, I can picture the show, and I can picture the robots that are puppets. Mm -hmm. uh, And I'm just having difficulty remembering the actual. I've actually watched the show a lot. Um, It's uh, uh, you've convinced me
3: that you should know the answer. Three
7: TK, which stands for um, Mystery
3: Science Three Thousand. Yes, that's right. Wow. It was like pulling a sword out of a stone. That was fantastic. (laughs) And for a bonus point, can you name the song or the artist? Uh,
7: David Bowie, um, Major Tom. It's It's called Space Oddity. Space Oddity. Yes, you get
3: the point anyway. That's right. (laughs) Here we go. Pregnancy is rare. If you've got a working womb, please beware. They call me off-red. It's a bit confusing because I wear red. (laughs) Dylan.
8: Uh, It's The Handmaid's Tale.
3: It is The Handmaid's Tale. For a bonus point, can you name the artist or the song?
8: Uh, Iron Man
3: uh, by Black Sabbath. That's right. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time till I can train this team to combat crime. What kind of dark night has a heart attack? I'm so damned old. I'm a Gotham man. Gotham man, training my replacement cartoon son.
7: Charlie. Batman begins? No, Batman. Uh... B- Batman Legacy, Batman... Um... You're killing me, Charlie. We have to <gasps> stop you there.
3: You get... <laughs> you've, g- you've given a lot of answers but that Charlie, are very close. We know you know. <laughs> That's fair. Dylan, do you know the answer? Uh, Batman Beyond. That is correct. Batman Beyond. <laughs> For a bonus point, the song or the artist? I already forgot what you were singing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Means I am doing my job well. Good strategy, Charlie.
4: <laughs> Talk long enough that we can't remember the song.
3: That's it's right. Good defensive approach. <laughs> it was Rocket Man by Elton John. Four, three, two, one. Sci-fi franchise, pre-Kirk timeline. Not. Dylan Uh, Star Trek Discovery That is correct Can you name the song of the artist? You'd think the musician would be better at this No No Weirdly that one is called Major Tom (laughs) It's by Peter Schilling This is your last clue Wanna know who gave birth to these teenagers Wanna see if Robin's the one or not Flashback they're all in McLaren's now. Wanna hear the voice of Bob Saget? Wanna see who ends up with Ted Mosby? Flashback, see Barney Stinson now. Dylan.
8: Uh, how I Met Your Mother.
3: Yeah, you got it. Do you know the song or the artist? Still know. Still know. That's Song for a Future Generation by the B-52s. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, see, no one even cared about that one, so it's
3: fine. <laughs> Puzzle guru Ebenezer Scrooge, how did our contestants do?
4: You each won a game, so it's time for quick game three to decide who will move on. So the first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. I like how harsh that is. Ring in to answer first. So here's your category. Aside from A Muppet Christmas Carol, name the seven other theatrically released Muppet films. Uh, Dylan. Muppet Treasure Island. Correct. Charlie.
7: Muppets Take Manhattan.
4: Yes. Dylan. Muppets in Space. Yes. Charlie. Uh, The Great Muppet Caper. That's right. Dylan. Uh, The Muppet Movie. Yes. Two more. Charlie. The Muppet Movie 2. Uh, Should have been, but unfortunately... (laughs) No, I'm sorry, Charlie. That's not right. Uh, The other ones are The Muppets and Muppets Most Wanted. Uh, Charlie, we're sorry to see you go. Dylan, you're headed to the final round. <laughs> Names of female characters. Huge pause. Muppet <laughs> movies. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom. Nobody boom. expected them to get that far. Where
1: have you been? While Emma and Dylan get ready for our final round, it's time for us to play a game. This is Mystery Guest, or should I say, Mystery Ghost? That's right. It's time for the spirit of Quizmas yet to come. A stranger is about to join us on stage. Jonathan and Scrooge have no idea who this person is or what she does. Today, I only know the answer. Mystery
10: Ghost, please introduce yourself. My name is Sonia Ortiz, and I have an interesting job. All right. So, Jonathan and Scrooge, you have to ask Sonia
1: yes or no questions to try to figure out what her interesting job is. Okay.
4: I will begin. Does your job have to do with hating Christmas? No. Okay, I'm going to be at a disadvantage for this one.
3: It's a good question. It narrows it down. I <laughs> made it easy for you. Yep, thank you. Uh, do you have a job where you interface with uh, customers, with the with the public? Yes. Okay.
4: Uh, is your job charitable in nature? Does it involve like with a charity or giving? You know, good guy stuff.
10: No.
3: Good.
1: <laughs>
3: Sonia, do you make something?
1: Hmm. I'm gonna say
4: yeah. You would answer yes to that. Yes. yes. Is it a tangible product? No. <laughs> do you like? Uh, do you make
3: ideas? Do you give? Do you just suggest ideas to people? Yes. What? <laughs> You could do that? You could have that kind of a job? Mm-hmm.
1: Just a reminder that she's the ghost of the future, if that is all at all helpful. Oh,
4: this is some online nonsense or digital <laughs> silliness. Way, uh, okay, way right. out of Are you a tweet? Now, <laughs> Are you yourself a
3: tweet? <laughs> That's not how it works. That's not how it works, Scrooge. It's a yes or no question. Yeah, Are you but... a tweet? <laughs> no. Are you involved uh, with uh, futurism, with predicting uh, things that are going to happen?
10: Yes. Oh, <laughs>
3: stars! You into
4: like star maps? Yes. But primarily, I mean, is that what we're yes. astrologists? Y- yes. Are you are you're an astrologer? astrologer? Yes. Yes.
10: Yes. That is correct. correct.
1: <laughs> Sonia is a diviner whose horoscope columns appear in the women's magazines Bust and Got a Girl Crush. Cool. All right. Uh, so, Sonia, how did you get into divination?
10: Uh, my mother is obsessed with horoscopes and has some experience with it, with it herself. Uh, however, her very good friend taught me everything about tarot, astrology. I've been doing this now for like 25 years, but um, I studied with her for about five years.
1: Okay, so do you believe in it? Yes. Okay, so do you think people should read their horoscope and believe in them and take them at face value? No.
10: What should they do with their horoscopes? Um, it's a tool, like with anything else. Um, how can I put this without offending anyone in the astrological community? Uh, it's, it's just a suggestion. It's okay. A, it's a suggestion. Uh, you know, don't take it literal. Uh, it's, they're mostly fun. They're for fun, and they give good advice, but advice, you know... Like with anyone, like a close friend giving you advice, you don't have to take it to the whole level. Like you you should have... still
1: incorporate it into yeah. your own life, however that's meaningful.
10: Yes. Is it ever scary? Sometimes, yes. And what do you do? I, you know, tell them. Because you should. You can't really hold anything back. Yeah. Um, But I also tell them that, you know, um, I think with the way I do astrology, too, I look into possible futures, and I'm like, well, everything your trajectory shows that this could very well happen, but you have
4: the power to change it. Mm -hmm. Ah, optimistic.
1: Deep Scrooge, isn't it? You have the power to change it. Ooh. Yeah.
4: (laughs) I feel good. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Everyone give it up for our mystery guest, Sonia Ortiz. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalists, Emma Griffin, who threw a confusing Advent calendar-themed Christmas party, and Dylan Sorensen, who can't remember what room he puts his Christmas tree in.
4: Puzzle guru Ebenezer Scrooge, take it away. Emma and Dylan, your final round is called Quizmas Spirits. So every answer contains the name of a cocktail, spirit, or alcoholic beverage. For example, if I said, the title character in Doctor Who carries this multi-purpose tool, you'd answer Sonic Screwdriver. Screwdriver being a drink. And our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Anthony Ramos. We spun a dreidel backstage because we're cool, and Dylan got gimmel, so he's going first. Here we go. Dylan, this Grammy-winning performer starred in her own sitcom Moesha in the 90s. Uh, Brandy. Yes, that's right. Emma, children jump on one leg into numbered squares in this playground game. Hopscotch. Yes. Dylan, the character Holden Caulfield appeared in a short Christmas story published in The New Yorker five years before J.D. Salinger made him the protagonist of this novel. Catcher in the Rye. Yep. Emma, this magazine was founded in 1886 as a family journal, but was revamped about 80 years later to reflect its new motto, Fun, Fearless, Female. Cosmopolitan. That's right. Dylan, this company's tagline is, A Diamond is Forever. Three seconds. Uh, No, I'm sorry. That's it. The answer was De Beers. De Beers. Emma? Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, and Emma Stone fight the undead in this 2009 movie? World War Z. Uh, also fun, but not right. Uh, the answer was Zombie Land, zombie being a drink. Uh, Dylan, the Bulwer Lytton contest for worst possible novel opener honors the author who coined this seven word phrase. Uh, it was a dark and stormy night. Wham! Yes. Dark and Stormy being the drink. Emma, regarding this 1995 Oasis hit, Liam Gallagher told his brother Noel, just because you wrote it doesn't mean you should always sing it. Wonderwall. Probably a better song, but not the one we're (laughs) looking for. The answer is Champagne Supernova. So we are at the halfway point. Dylan is in the lead, three to two. Dylan, this British author wrote To the Lighthouse, Mrs. Dalloway, and a biography of Elizabeth Barrett Browning's dog, Flush. Three seconds. Ah, Virginia Woolf with gin. Emma, this American anthropologist published her first book, Coming of Age in Samoa, in 1928. Margaret Mead. Yes. Dylan, this atomic research program was first allotted a budget of $6,000 in February 1940. The Manhattan Project. Yes. Emma, Carrie Brownstein and Fred Armisen star in this IFC comedy series about Pacific Northwest culture.
2: The one about Portland. Portlandia. (laughs) Uh,
4: Yes, Portlandia. That's right. Dylan, this German fashion designer created looks for Chanel, Fendi, H&M, and the Coca-Cola light bottle.
8: Fashion designer. Uh,
4: Three seconds. Schnapps. (laughs) (laughs) Fun but wrong. Karl Lagerfeld. Uh, Emma, the restaurant Galatoire's can be found on this New Orleans thoroughfare named for French royalty. Bourbon Street. Yes. (laughs) Uh, The score is five to four. You each have one question left. Dylan, to stay in the game, you must answer this question correctly. And Emma has to miss her question. All right, Dylan, this guitar manufacturer, which famously makes Les Paul guitars, also created B.B. King's Lucille model. Uh, Gibson. Oof, that's right. The score is tied. This is the last question. Emma, if you answer this question correctly, you win. This University of Miami football team plays in Hard Rock Stadium and has nabbed five national championships. The Hurricanes. That's right. Emma is our big winner. Congratulations, Emma. And that's our show, Ask Me Another. Oh, well, sorry, A fear, one second. Scrooge here. Uh, <laughs> something's coming over me. Even though the ghosts had no personal interaction with me, I feel... I'm feeling the Quizmas spirit. Really? You there, you there, boy.
3: You, you're talking to me? Yes, boy, I'm, Jonathan Colton. I'm 47 years old.
4: That's right. I'm like 150 or something. Listen, do you know that ironic 80s nostalgia store around the corner here? The one with the yeah. giant Rubik's Cube hanging in the window?
3: The one as big as me?
4: Yes! The one as big as you. Now, take this shilling here, or if it's more, I'll just Venmo you later. Run over there and get all the Rubik's Cubes you can, because I declare all of our contestants' winners. Rubik's Cubes for everyone! Oh, Everybody gets a
3: trophy! Shut up!
1: guru, Ebenezer Scrooge, was played by Will Hines. Hey, my name anagrams to hell, I wins. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou, Jolt, a cannon. Our puzzles were written by Eric Feinstein, Mark Halpin, Mary Tobler, and senior writer Karen Lurie. Ask Me And There is produced by Mike Kassif, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Denny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern Madeline Kaplan, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. Our senior supervising producer is Art Chung. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, David Hurtgen, and Frank Bianco. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House, Hot (laughs) Steel Blues, and our production partner, WNYC. Thanks. This is NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, four previous victors return to the stage for our first-ever Tournament of Champions, and we'll find out who's the biggest winner of all. And from NBC's Sunnyside, we're joined by actor Cal Penn, plus Dan Soder tells us about his new HBO comedy special. So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Planet Oat. No deep thinking here. Planet Oat oat milk is rich, creamy, and an excellent source of calcium with vitamins A and D. Also, Planet Oat's unsweetened varieties have zero grams of sugar. Visit planetoat.com for more.
9: Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com/nPR
1: What does it mean to be black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear, it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.